Welcome to the Empowering the Light podcast. Woot woot! I'm Lily Augustine, light worker, womb wisdom guide, and artist, and this podcast is all things love and light, empowering true autonomy and inspiring along the way. I cannot wait for you to dive into this next episode, and I honor the light that you are spreading in this world. Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited for this episode. We're here with Jen Doan. Oh, she is such a light and so exciting. So let's get into who Jen Doan is. So Jennifer Doan is a sexual empowerment and confidence coach and host of the podcast, Taking Back Slut, which is amazing, by the way. She believes virginity (laughs) and gender and social constructs that sexuality is fluid, as fluid as her coffee, and that everyone deserves to feel empowered by sex. Jen has been featured in Cosmopolitan, Bustle, Slutty Girl Problems, and Tinder. She helps people all over the world connect with their bodies, find confidence, and have great sex. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> let's get into this. Man, I met Jen. Actually, okay, so I kind of want to get into this story about how we first met I was like totally (laughs) crushing on her Instagram page for like a few months and then um and I remember as soon as you reached out to me for your podcast I was like yeah that sounds great and it was just like felt like such a connection so I'd love to get your side of the story as well yeah for sure I mean I don't actually know how we started following each other I found you I think just through like like period um like activism type pages like somebody tagged you in something and I was like yeah cool she seems fun (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah you were actually the first person because my podcast was still like in its infancy when you started I mean technically it's still in its infancy let's be real (laughs) but um, yeah you were the first person I reached out to that I didn't know that was like actually like a stranger and I was like writing this message out I think I wrote it in like my my iPhone notes because I'm like don't make typos or be weird so let's edit this (laughs) I've never spoken to a stranger on the internet about coming on my podcast I was like what if that's too like is that weird is that strange like like is she gonna want to have a weird conversation with some lady that she's never met I I talk about genitals and stuff but don't be freaked out (laughs) so yeah that was that was how we met we were internet friends yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that side of the story. Cause my side was like, oh my gosh, someone wants me to be on their podcast. And that was the first <laughs> time I'd ever been on a podcast. And the first time anyone had like reached out to me like that. And I was just like, so thrilled. I was like, yes, let's do this. this is <laughs> right. So I know. Um, and actually I think that, you know, how you had said, like you hadn't reached out to anybody, um, that you hadn't known before when I was, when I was starting this podcast, I reached out to like six people that I had never talked to like before like some people that I talked to like here and there on Instagram but I was like you know what I'm starting this podcast do you want to come on and I think that the reason I did that was because you reached out to me like oh, yay. having like those brief conversations like yeah this is just how it is this is normal <laughs> <laughs> this is what people do yeah it's just what people do <laughs> amazing well it is what people do yes. <laughs> It's still nerve wracking sometimes, especially when it's like people I look up to and stuff, which is like, Gosh. you know, <laughs> it's a lot. I but I'm glad agree. you won. Yes, now I'm you, here. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. I was like thinking, I was like, who do I want on my podcast? I was like, Jen, yes, this has to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for being here and being with us. Um, and by the way, 
her podcast is amazing. So go check it out after this for anybody who is listening. It's so good. And um, how you said that you're like, I talk about genitals, that ends up being perfect because that's all that I talk about too. So. Oh, perfect. There we go. That ends up being <laughs> genital conversation. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. You would that's be just, talking about genitals. That's just the norm around here. My partner has gotten very used to it. Um. <laughs> I uh, sent mine away. He's at the dog park right now. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah, we are in some weird times right now. I know it's strange we, we can't actually go to like dog parks we, we're going to trails right now because all the dog parks are shut down oh, um yeah. but our dog is like an insane puppy child and needs to like sprint every day or he will literally eat our faces in the night so <laughs> at least it gets you guys outside that's good getting yeah, outside it's the house true. I didn't feel like yeah. so locked up in our apartment recently <laughs> yeah I know you were saying you have a curfew right now which is crazy right yeah as of today, 8 p.m. curfews. That's so nuts. What world is this? I know, it's so weird. Oh, it's so weird. I never thought that this would happen in my lifetime. But I know, so it, strange, but yeah. here we are, and we're all, you know, dealing with it in weird ways. Yeah. But all that anxiety and trauma and pent-up energy. Yes. <laughs> Lots yes. of new people on TikTok right now. <laughs> I've been loving it. Almost everyone I'm following right now is like, I just started a TikTok. I just did yes. it. <laughs> or a podcast. Podcast and TikTok. Or a podcast. Yep. <laughs> I downloaded TikTok and started a podcast. <laughs> Honestly, like, whatever you need to do to make it through. And also, good. People are taking these steps to do things. There's so many people making fun of people. And they're, like, saying things like, we don't need any more podcasts in the world. And I highly disagree. I think everyone should be following their dreams and taking the next step. So, good for them. Start yeah. your podcast. Do the thing. <laughs> yes. And now's, like, the time where we can slow down and do it. Like, mm -hmm. now we can use our voices and we need it more than ever. Yeah, and but that's not to say that everyone should be doing something because there is like a lot of um, weirdness and emotional stuff. So if you need to not do things, that's cool too. Yeah, yeah, we were just talking about how like we're all kind of dealing with this trauma differently. I went on a total two-day uh, Netflix binge watching Gilmore Girls that I just came out of. <laughs> I just like <laughs> needed that two days break. <laughs> Yeah, that's How's fair enough, though. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm watching, like, a ton of Netflix right now, and I think that that's okay. It's, we're all really, like, um, and I wrote about this in a blog article recently, but we're all just um, mourning the loss of normalcy right now, because um, it no matter what your life was like before, something has changed. Like, we're all kind of wondering how long it's going to last like when are we going to go outside like financial stuff is coming up for pretty much everyone it doesn't really matter how much money you have or don't have either you like suffered a stock market crash or you like <laughs> they'll be fine they'll be fine but <laughs> or you've like lost your job completely which is which is crazy but this is it's not normal and it's going to take us some time to really let go of the life that we were living um and I think personally for me, um, and this might not work for everybody, but like accepting that this might be a long time um, and living like this is your forever now, I feel like is, has helped me to um, like live my life the way that it needs to be lived. Instead of worrying about when it's going to end or what's going to happen next, I can really just like 
pretend like this is my new life. <laughs> it's not, don't worry everyone, it's not. But if you are able to do that, then you can like focus on living happily in this new life and trying to figure out how you're gonna navigate that. So that's been working for me. I don't know if that'll work for everybody, but. Oh, that's so beautiful though. I love that. That, is, that was such a beautiful outlook on how to like create structures in your life right now and everything feels like it's upside down. Has anything like embracing that, like, this is my life and this is what I'm doing. Has any kind of structures or any practices come, come into place? Definitely. I'm, I'm actually like being a lot better with my, uh, like pleasure practices than I was before this all happened. Um, and I think it's just to, like you said, create some sort of structure. Um, I think scheduling is really important. Um, for me right now, I think that it, it can be helpful for a lot of people too just to like know, like I wake up around this time, then I make my coffee, then I walk the dog, then I do this. And just having a sense of schedule, especially for people who don't, like I'm working from home, you're working from home. So we kind of have things that we need to do, but a lot of people don't, they're just kind of in the ether. And what, what are you supposed to do with all this time? Right. And I think for me, focusing on pleasure has been a big one. Um, I think pleasure is like massive right now and knowing that it's okay to experience pleasure right now. Um, it can feel weird sometimes to say like, I'm going to like, well, for, for me, I'm usually talking about sex, but I mean like any type of pleasure. I'm talking about any kind of pleasure right now. If you want to like make a lovely meal for yourself, if you want to like go for a pretty walk, if you want to like do little things that make you feel good. Sometimes we might feel like we can't do that because we're in a pandemic and we need to focus on what's going to happen and we need to make a plan and we need to be ready for like the apocalypse. But, <laughs> but focusing on pleasure is what's going to keep you grounded. Um, it's what's going to bring happiness into your life at this time, which is extremely important to um, help with mental health and keeping yourself sane at the time. Um, so yeah, pleasure practices are massive for me. Um, I have been masturbating a lot. <laughs> I have been, um, going on a lot of like nature walks, um, in a less populated area. Uh, petting my dog. Pets are really great too. Pets are an amazing grounding tool. Um, they are usually, unless pets or animals have experienced some sort of trauma, they're extremely grounded already. So if you, uh, have a pet and you can just like chill out with it while it's sleeping and just watch its breath patterns and like pet your dog, pet your cat, whatever it may be. Um, that's super grounding and that's really good for you too. So lots of different little things, but um, yeah, pleasure, massive. We should all be focusing on pleasure right now. I completely agree. Yeah. And we're all kind of being forced to like be with ourselves right now. Like we can't go and just like distract ourselves constantly. We kind of have to be be compassionate and be there with ourselves. And I think you're, you're like, so right. Pleasure is like one of those things that can feel really difficult to do right now, but it's so important. Do you have any like tips for our listeners of how to be comfortable with like allowing yourself to feel and experience pleasure and giving that to yourself? Yeah, I think it's just knowing, um, for me, what helps is knowing that pleasure is what is going to keep me safe. So practicing pleasure actually is preparing for the future and having guilt around that is understandable because you feel like you should be doing something else. But at the same time, if you're able to look inward, if you can focus on yourself, if you can bring that pleasure into your life, you are going to be more grounded. You're going to feel more stable and you're going to be emotionally ready to take on the things that are coming for you in the future. So 
having that like center, having that like grounded center in pleasure and being able to give that to yourself um, is really what's going to be the tool that ends up helping you get overcome these obstacles that we're all going to go through in the next few months. Um, so that's what, I mean, think of it more as like a tool for the future instead of thinking of it as this like kind of like lazy, like focused on me, selfish thing that you're doing. Um, yeah, it's not selfish. It's actually what keeps your brain stable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. It helps turn off that fight or flight response that everyone's mm-hmm. has raging right now. It's kind of a, Helps you that we can't do that. anything about, right? Like, exactly. there's nothing to fight, and there's no fight. <laughs> <laughs> so true. That is so true. Other than staying inside our houses. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which yeah. is tough. So I don't know. Like, I, yeah. Yeah. That's it is. But I like totally agree. I think that being able to welcome that pleasure into your life not only does it make the experience of having to stay in one location so much mm-hmm. like more pleasurable. Um, but yeah, it also, it helps turn off that anxiety. It helps you prepare for the future by keeping yourself healthy. I love all of those points. They're so true. And they're, I think there are things that we forget often that like we can, in this like epidemic where we're like, we have to take care of ourselves and take care of our immune system. That's more than just taking vitamins right now mm-hmm. or getting enough sleep. Like there's so many different things we can do, be doing and making sure that we're in a pleasurable state, at least part of the day is absolutely powerful and side note masturbating boosts your immune system (laughs) oh i did not know that (laughs) that's a good side note (laughs) yeah get into it guys yeah actually i'd love to dive into that like i know so many people feel uncomfortable with that idea and which is so sad because it's also like it's part of our body it's part of our experience and um sometimes our society makes it feel as if that's not as acceptable. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to break that like idea, how to just yeah um, come through that barrier onto the other side that's so beautiful and pleasurable. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, I actually, when I'm working with somebody, um, I won't work with them on partnered sex issues unless they already have a solo sex practice. So the reason for that is if you don't, know your own pleasure. If you don't know how to pleasure yourself, if you don't know how your own body works, then you cannot expect somebody else to know that. And you cannot expect them to bring you pleasure. If you cannot communicate what you need, um, or show them in some way or be able to pleasure yourself. And I think it's really empowering to be able to pleasure yourself because we're kind of, I, especially if you are someone who identifies as a woman, if you grew up in this world, it's most likely that you have been told that your pleasure is somebody else's responsibility, Um, especially because women are told not to touch themselves. They're told not to like experience pleasure in any way. Um, So we're we're often left to wait for our partners to bring us pleasure, which is a crazy thing because going into that, if we have never touched ourselves before, if we've never masturbated, if we've never explored our bodies, it can be hard to even access the feeling of pleasure in your body. Um, it can be hard to like find what that is. And a lot of people say that they like don't know if they've had an orgasm or they don't know um, uh, why they're not experiencing pleasure in partnered sex. And I think a lot of that comes down to they haven't practiced it before. Because if you want to do something 
and like you're passionate about it and you want to experience it, then you need to kind of practice that ability, right? It's like playing the piano. <laughs> you have to play your own personal piano. <laughs> oh, I love, I really love that comparison by the way, just flipping that in there. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, if you are able to communicate what you need, then you're going to get what you want in bed and like, or maybe not, but that's like a communication issue rather than somebody else not being good in bed. I think anyone can be good in bed as long as they have the right direction. So I know that there's a lot of guilt around self-pleasure and working through that is a whole other thing. So I think that the first step is uh, normalizing that for yourself, following people on the internet that um, are more sex positive or more masturbation positive. Um, surrounding yourself with that idea and obviously taking it really slow and if you do feel guilt or you do feel shame after masturbation that's super common um, having physical reactions to it is super common um, and that's okay and knowing that feeling that emotion in your body afterwards is okay i think is really powerful just being able to say i am feeling this i feel weird i feel gross like i had a pleasure experience and now i feel guilt and shame and that's okay it's okay something that I'm working through because it'll lessen and lessen the more that you normalize that for yourself. So surrounding yourself with people and just knowing that it's okay to feel guilt. It's not like, it's extremely common. I don't want it to be seen as something normal because that sucks. Like <laughs> we don't want it to be like embedded in us to feel shame, but it is super common and it's okay. It's okay to feel that guilt. So that's what I'd say to anyone who's kind of feeling that around it is just to take it slow and to take it one step at a time um, and just to start surrounding yourself with the notion that it is normal. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think that that's so powerful. Um, and it's definitely something that I think a lot of people need to hear, need to hear that it's like okay to feel that way and it's okay to start normalizing it for yourself and in your body and in your experience and to get to know yourself because really at the end of the day, we're living in our bodies for however many years we're living. It's, we might as well get to know uh, ourselves, our anatomy, what makes us feel good, what doesn't make us feel good. And like you said, we'll be able to communicate that better to others. And that's such a huge part is feeling that empowerment to be able to communicate your needs, whether that's sexually, whether that's something else. But if you are able to communicate that through sex, just think of how much stronger your communication skills are going to be with your partner in other areas of your life. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like that just like transcends so many different layers of your life and so many different benefits. And I think that, so my experience getting to know my body was I felt very uncomfortable with my reproductive system, with my anatomy for a really long time. Um, and I felt really uncomfortable with the idea of sex. I was like, I just don't want anything to do with this idea right now. Um, and that was until like I, until I met my partner, until I um, started reconnecting with my menstrual cycle. Like for me, that was like kind of that end to reconnecting to my body because mm -hmm. I, I had to, like after I started getting allergic to like usual menstrual products, I was like, okay, now I have to figure out how to like use a cup. And that involves sticking your finger <laughs> in places that you <laughs> probably, body. yeah, touching your body and it's like actually knowing what that feels like. Um, and I remember that being like a huge step, like just like being like, okay, like I need to be comfortable with my body, not only for my health, but for my own sanity, for my own pleasure. And that was a, a huge step. And I think that 
especially like in terms of like menstrual care that holds a lot of people back from using sustainable products. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hear that all the time that people don't like, like, like OB tampons. That was a big thing when they came out. Everyone was like, I just don't want to like put my fingers inside of me. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, really? <laughs> like I, I, at that time I was not, I was, that was very young back when those actually came out. But I was like, oh, weird. I've never thought about people not wanting to put their fingers inside of them. Not to say like, I definitely had shame around masturbation when I was young, but I didn't know what it was because I wasn't from like a religious family or anything like that. And I think that um, a lot of the time, I don't say a lot of the time, but um, there's a lot of people that experience shame around, like, because of religion saying that masturbation is not okay. Um, but I used to get, like, it wasn't, like, intense, but I'd get, like, little weird, like, feelings in my tummy after. Like, I'd get, like, a really minor, like, tummy ache of some kind. And I was like, why do I always feel so weird after? And this is when I was, like, a teenager. And, like, that obviously, like, when we were in school, um, like nobody was talking about masturbation the way that they are now. Like I so I so wonder what's gonna happen with these kids. Like I feel like masturbation is so normalized in high schools right now. I don't know if they're making fun of each other like in person, but on the internet they're just like, who cares? Let's all be like any gender and let's like have all the sex and enjoy our bodies. So I'm like yes. <laughs> thank you <laughs> but no that's like not my experience at all so I think it was just social shame for me um but I overcame that slowly just by normalizing for myself by like having conversations with my friends about masturbation um realizing that other people did masturbate that was crazy and huge I was like what <laughs> I'm not alone <laughs> but yeah it's, it's it is incredible how much um, we are shamed and how many barriers there are to um, not even enjoying our bodies, but like touching our own bodies. Like yeah. being able to look at our own genitals is like this huge leap that we all have to take. Like it's like this thing that we have to overcome just to like straddle a mirror and look at our own genitals, which is wild especially because people with penises are walking around looking at them like at least seven times a day. <laughs> they like hold them in their hands. They like, they have to look at them every time they go to the bathroom. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> I had never actually thought of it from that perspective, but you're like yeah. so right. It's like, it's such a different experience um, mm -hmm. having that difference in anatomy and just like how we're raised in that difference and what social standards are and yeah no wonder the world is obsessed with penises they like are touching them all the time they're holding them they're looking at them they're like you're my best friend <laughs> so we don't actually have to engage with our own genitals to uh even feel pleasure like we don't even yeah. have to look at our genitals to see that that is what is giving us pleasure um which is interesting. I've actually never talked about that before, but we don't have to like look in a mirror to masturbate. We don't have to like look down and see our genitals to masturbate, but people with penises do. And they probably relate that pleasure to the thing that they're looking at, the thing that they're seeing that's giving them pleasure. Whereas we have this like ephemeral in the ether, something is creating pleasure, whether it's like what I'm doing to myself or not. Like, obviously, we know that touching ourselves is what's bringing us pleasure, but it's a lot less, like, connected to the actual genitals. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
It really is. That's a really great perspective. It does feel very, it's way more disconnected. Um, you're so right. And I think that it's also like, we're also, we like grow up knowing, I feel like we grow up knowing the anatomy of uh, like of an individual with a penis more than we do our own. Like, I feel like it's not as well known the or like common knowledge, what the anatomy of like a woman who has a vulva and a vagina, like just like yeah. hearing those two words and how a lot of times they get mixed up or misused, we're mm -hmm. never taught. Uh, well, some of us are taught, um, but like it's not always common knowledge that that's what that was. I feel very blessed oh, to yeah. have a mother who taught me that, but it's I don't think it's I heard the word vulva until my yeah. adulthood. Um, and I was I think it's, I like to yeah. hear the word vagina until <laughs> my adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a lot of like medical books. My mom was a nurse, so I used to love like looking through those. I, used, I was like a huge nerd. I would like look through my mom's medical textbooks. I was like maybe eight and I would go through and like highlight stuff and then like write pages of handwritten notes on just medical stuff for like no reason. For no reason. I was just because I was just a huge fucking nerd. But <laughs> <laughs> I had, so I was like very interested in the body when I was young um I like when I was a kid my mom taught me like all the names of like different bones and stuff like all the medical terms for them I don't remember any of them except like phalanges are your fingers now <laughs> but, <laughs> but only because that one's like a fun word to say phalanges <laughs> but yeah so that, that's where that curiosity I think started but um yeah when it came to like sex ed in high school they didn't really teach anything um solid around like vulvas around vaginas mm -hmm. I actually think now I think it's important that everyone knows that the entire genital area is called the vulva and that the hole is actually just the vagina but I'm also okay with people using vagina as like a slang term for everything because I think you know yeah. slang comes into our language and it like becomes how we talk to each other and I'm okay with that that's cool call it whatever you want to call it as long as you're aware <laughs> yeah <laughs> and ready to educate where needed <laughs> yeah I love that perspective yeah because it's also yeah because slang does come into our um our language is also like saying that that's not usually what's taught in sex ed there's like sometimes there's no way to know like mm -hmm. why uh, unless someone was taught that why would they know that that was the name and that kind of goes into that idea too of like how um like there's penises everywhere <laughs> but how like it's like our own <laughs> like our, our own anatomy we like it's not common knowledge that that's taught it also wasn't allowed to be studied for a really long time because there was only um, identified male doctors and looking at a woman's body, uh, whether it was like a cadaver or a real life woman was not allowed. It was like not okay. So a lot of our ideas around sexuality, um, especially around uh, sexual arousal and uh, what we call like libido, um, was all just based off of uh, the male anatomy and how men decided that they were working. Um, so the things that they felt, they were like, okay, well, women must also feel this too. So we'll just put that down. And it's and it hasn't been until like very in the last like few decades that we've actually been able to dive deep into sexuality around uh, vaginas, around vulvas. Um, I mean, we just discovered that the clitoris is more than that surface area nub I think it was like in the late 90s 
um, they yeah. discovered that it was actually like a whole thing that is like intertwined into your genitals and actually goes farther back because uh, it's it's like the it's like the penis. So everything that we have on our genitals um, is homologous to uh, male genitals. So you start out the same in the womb, and then you either end up having a penis or having a vulva. And they're all made up of the same parts. So our clitoris actually goes way back into our bodies and it has like these two prongs that kind of come out. And that's kind of how we are discovering that maybe that's where G-spot pleasure comes from as well, um, which is interesting because that's this is the thing. We don't have a lot of solid information. So we're really just working off of what we know when it comes to the vulva, just because we were held back from studying it for so long. Um, but yes, I will dive into the G-SWAT thing. I know there's probably people who are like, okay, can you just like say Oh yeah, that? yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I can't remember if we talked about this on my episode or not. But anyway, so the, the clitoris is internal as well as external. And for a long time, there was a lot of doctors who were like, okay, the G-SWAT can't exist because we're talking about the vaginal canal. And the vaginal canal is where babies come out of. So there isn't supposed to be a ton of sensation in that area, um, just like evolutionary speaking. So they were like, like why? There's so much sensation though when someone's birthing that baby. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like they might have a separate <laughs> opinion on that. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely sensation. Don't get me wrong, but the vaginal canal itself, like the inside of it, it doesn't have like a ton of nerve endings as and as much as like the vulva itself. Uh, or like surrounding tissue. Um, so then they were like, okay, the G-spot doesn't seem like it's real. Like why would there be like this weird button inside your vaginal canal that causes pleasure? What's the meaning of that? But it's actually what, they, what we think it is. And this isn't like solid science yet because no one's done like a study on it, but it's like, we're pretty, pretty sure that this is what's happening is you're actually stimulating the backside of your clitoris when someone is stimulating that area. You're putting pressure on these like two prongs that come off of your clitoris internally. Uh, and you're kind of pushing on that area that's like in between them. So that's what's creating that pleasure sensation. Um, Cause it's like the back wall of your clitoris, but internally. So that's what, cause I don't want anyone saying like, the G-spot does exist, it's there. Yes, sure, yes, it does. <laughs> but it's actually probably just your clitoris internally, uh, which I think is really cool. <laughs> I think that's cool too. That makes total sense too. Like when you were saying right. it, I was like, oh yeah, like that just makes sense. I feel like there's there's such power in knowing that about your body. Or like, Yeah, because there's so for so long people saying that your pleasure is a myth, like how damaging is that? Like years and years of people being like, No, the G spot doesn't exist. You're just crazy and feeling good things. <laughs> I feel oh. like that's <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like that happens to women so often where it's just oh, like yeah. oh yeah you're just crazy like we're not going to trust you or like you're following your instinct instead of maybe a rational idea we don't trust instincts that's just like not what our world trusts <laughs> yeah. right now <laughs> like like especially pain like women yeah. going to the doctor with like uterine pain is like mm -hmm. like i i have something that i had to discover i had on my own um i have something called middle schmears which is like this pain that I'll get in my uterus um, whenever I'm ovulating. And I would get it like, and it's, it would be, sometimes it would just be really like, it was fine, it was pain. It, it doesn't feel like cramps or anything. It feels sharp 
sharper. So it feels more like, um, like little sharp, like knife-like pains. Mm-hmm. And I was getting it like every month. And then as what is happening to me, like something is wrong because this isn't cramp pain. And every time you bring it up, they're just like, oh, could it be cramps? And I'm like, no, I know what cramps feel like. <laughs> I am a 30 something woman. Like I'm aware of what a cramp feels like by now. Thank you so much for the, your information. <laughs> but um, so I went to the doctor a bunch and they, and they basically just said to me, um, sometimes women feel pain. And they sent me home. What? Yeah. So sometimes, what? Feel, sometimes women just feel pain in their uterus. And they're just like, you're fine. Like, go home, take some Advil. And, like, I was fine. It is, like, there's not really anything I can do about it. But I ended up just, like, on all of these online communities because I was really worried it was, like, an endometriosis type thing. Yeah. Um, and then I found this thing called Mittelschmerz. And it's, like, a weird <laughs> German, cute little German word. But it's basically just pain when you're ovulating. And I think mine is... Um, because I do have a cyst on one of my ovaries. So I think that it's the, the pain of that, like while it's like being, the egg is being expelled, it's have like, has like a sharp pain attached to it. Um, which is kind of cool. Cause I always know what I'm ovulating. <laughs> That's helpful. <laughs> Except for the pain part. The exact moment that I'm ovulating. I know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's, and now I know that I can just like take some Advil for it. And, um, and I also know that certain things will aggravate it. Like if I'm having too much sugar, then that will aggravate my cyst, which will make the pain more intense uh, when I'm ovulating. Um, and certain things like caffeine and stuff like for my diet, that if I can like bring those out, um, that I know that I can like reduce that pain at least yeah. a little bit. Oh, that's great that you found those. I wish that that was kind of the information the doctors were giving out that was like, yeah, let's figure out how to make that less extreme. I know, but it's not about, our medical system isn't really about like preventative stuff. It it Mm -hmm. just takes care of things that are eminent in the moment. It'll only take care of your like extreme things in the moment and that's really interesting like eastern culture is more preventative like they're like do this to keep yourself healthy long term uh western culture is a little bit more like we will deal with you when there is an emergency (laughs) the nice thing then is like is when we can combine those two together we have a really beautiful medical system if we can combine the eastern preventative and the western like we're in an emergency how do we fix this right now we can have this like beautiful health story combining mm. the two if they are accessible I know sometimes eastern medicine isn't always accessible I mean western medicine isn't always accessible <laughs> yes that too <laughs> I mean I'm so in Canada true. so I luckily when I was having ovulation pain was able to just go to the doctor for free which is lovely um and I wish that everyone had that but even like right now it's just so crazy over there with everything like people just like with COVID and people not being able to get tests if they need them because it costs money to get tests, which is crazy. It's crazy. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting looking at like kind of the medical system with this. When I was doing um, the, my performance artwork called I am red where I was like dressed in all white mm-hmm. and people were writing on me. One of the things that um, a person wrote and I was able to read this after was how much is, uh, enough pain for a doctor to take you seriously and yeah it's unfortunate it's so true yeah yeah wow. you're less likely to be taken seriously as a woman especially a woman of color yeah. um than you are if you were a man which is just 
very interesting. I, and like, I wonder if it's, it's tied into this like toxic idea of like men shouldn't show when they're in pain. So if a man is saying that he's in pain, then he must like really be in pain. That's a really I don't know. cool perspective. And also women have this like intuition built into them too. So like they intuitively can like access that pain um which is really beautiful so like a lot of times like our intuition will kick in and be like something's not right in our body and mm-hmm. when we follow that if there's no like symptoms that doctors are looking for if they're like different or if they're unusual then sometimes a lot of times it won't be taken seriously I think that like everyone probably has access to that intuition but I think yeah. that um yeah, that if you were, like, born, um, if you were, like, raised male, then I feel like you are maybe, like, cut off from your body more, yeah. uh, like, told not to, like, it's it's funny, because in some ways, um, women are told to, like, not access their bodies, like, don't have any sexual pleasure, but you were also very, like, I don't know, we have more, I feel like they have a connection to their body, whereas, like, men are really told to, like, not, I, I guess, emotionally, like yeah. we're, we're more connected to ourselves emotionally yeah um I don't want to say that as a broad stroke because I hate that it's very binary but um I don't know I'm I'm, I'm just riffing I don't actually know what I'm talking about <laughs> I completely agree I'm in the same place right now I was listening I was like I don't know where I was going with that statement <laughs> yeah yeah I think it's so hard because it ends up being that every person is so unique and based off of how they were raised and based off of their unique body and their unique gifts like, I completely agree. I think that everyone can access that intuition um, and that for some people it's easier and for some other people it's harder, but we all have that ability to access yeah. that. I don't think it's, I just don't, I don't think it's gender-based. I, I feel uh, yeah. like I was going down the wrong path there. No, I think um, I was too. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's really, I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like we should be more, I think like meditation and like people who are more connected are, with like, because I do think that masturbation is a form of meditation. Oh, definitely. Um, and they actually, fun, fun little side fact, uh, they did this like study where they were um, monitoring people's brains while they were masturbating and they monitored them like into orgasm. And uh, this is woman, you, if this is in this book called um, Sex for One and it's by Betty Dodson and she was like a pioneer of like, female pleasure uh and, and like female is like what she says but um just like vag- vagina and vulva pleasure she was like a huge pioneer in that t- in her time um this is like I think in like the 70s or 80s but she did like the first um like masturbation parties where she'd actually get like a bunch of people together and like get women to like look at their vaginas get them to like self-pleasure in like a group setting super intimidating but yeah she she did this study where they put these little electrodes on her brain and they studied what her brain did while she was going through an orgasmic experience and they actually ended up stopping her right when she was about to orgasm they're like okay like thank you very much and she was like what like what the fuck just happened and then like the nurse came in and she was like what happened like I was just about to have an orgasm and they're like oh like no it's fine we'll get you we'll put you in another room you can like finish up do whatever you need to do and then she found out later that they stopped her because it seemed like on the charts that she was about to like have a stroke or she was about to like die 
And like, oh. it's because this, there's this point of orgasm when you get to like the very top of your orgasm where your brain function actually just like stops for a second. And it's this idea of this, um, they see it in people who meditate as well, this like hitting that nirvana, hitting that point where your brain actually just like stops in just like a moment, that brief second of like hitting enlightenment or whatever you want to call it. But there's this moment in orgasm where you experience the same thing as like intense meditators, intense like monks that do it in like <laughs> on top of mountains or whatever. I don't want to create a weird picture, but like... <laughs> I think that masturbation and, and you kind of like, um, if you are orgasmic, you might like be able to, I know that I can relate to that experience where you have that just like split second where it's like nothing exists and then you kind of come back down. But yeah, I think that like people who meditate, people who are connected with their bodies, um, probably do have a more intense intuition and probably are able to kind of like drop into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't think it's gender specific. I think like anyone can do it, but yeah, you just kind of I think have to so create too. that connection. Yeah, I think so too. And I think if I'm coming from my side, I also see like the, we have like, um, this like special presence in our womb space that's like, can be really powerful in connecting us like into that idea of like that wild woman essence or like that like kind of wild instinction but it's also like men have like our anatomies are so different so like individuals who have like a penis like their anatomy holds their own intuition like intuition it's it's equally strong just in sometimes it could show up in two different ways sometimes you could feel it in two different ways but i'm also coming from one perspective with one body and have not experienced the other myself (laughs) So I'm limited on my um, perspective there too. So I completely agree. I think that it's not gender based that we can all access that. And yeah, coming from the perspective of being a, a meditation teacher, like masturbation sex is definitely meditation. And it's something that you learn about that there are, you, that is a form of meditation. Anything that has your focus and that you're present in the moment mm-hmm. and focused. And that's something that like having an orgasm really brings you into the present moment. Absolutely. Meditation. And I love yeah. that I was able to experience that in while being taught about meditations that they were like, yes, this is, this is another form. Crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, some people find like kink meditation, like they do like intense, like kink scenes and they actually go into like a space of euphoria. Um, so like anything, but you're right. Yeah. Anything that has your focus and like pure, like just like laser point attention can be a meditation. Yeah, so for anybody listening, if you were having difficulty finding a meditation that works for you, this <laughs> might be another option. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> if the idea of like sitting there in silence and just focusing on your breath does not sound appealing, yeah, there you, you go. You can focus on your breath another way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, man. Did you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Any kind of final sentiment for anybody listening um yeah I just just take care of yourselves right now do what you need to do whether that's productive or not productive I don't think there's any reason to like feel the need to push yourselves right now um just uh remember to love your body no matter what state it is in right now whether it is full of anxiety or not um I want you to eat the foods that you want to eat right now and not feel body shame around that because there's a lot of that going around right now. 
<laughs> um, yeah, and just listen to your body. Um, a great way to tap into that is through meditation, through journaling. Um, listen to what it tells you that you need to do and react to that and practice that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And now's such a beautiful time to tap into that intuition that we were just talking about and to realign with that and reaccess that and just reawaken because it's all in all of us and just waiting to absolutely have the, have the stand. Thank also, you. if you are interested in learning more about masturbation and getting over guilt, I'm going to quickly plug my thing right now. Yes, please do. <laughs> in, incoming advertisement. <laughs> I just released a, a video course called Go Fuck Yourself. Um, and it's all about how to overcome guilt around masturbation. It's about um, creating amazing practices uh, that will keep you in a masturbation space and get you to do it more regularly. Um, and also, you know, fun things like ethical porn that you can watch, different toys that I suggest, um, and just like techniques, full body orgasms. I get into that as well. Uh, so if you are interested in jumping in and uh, getting to know yourself a little bit better, you can check that out. Um, follow me on Instagram at Jen Doan, J-E-N-N underscore D-O-A-N. And you can find all the info there. Awesome. Thank you. That course, by the way, sounds amazing. And I think that that's <laughs> so that like came out at a really good time too. I know. I actually, I wasn't going to release it um, oh, really? until later. I was, I had it coming out in the summertime, but um, it just seemed like something that we all <laughs> need right now. So I yeah. fast tracked it and just released it the other day. A lot of people already grabbed it, which is so nice. I'm like so happy that people are prioritizing that right now. Yeah, that's so great. Now is like a time that's so beautiful to dive into like yourself, getting to know yourself know. better, your self-care practices. So that was, I'm so glad you it's decided gonna, to release that now. It's going to be a rocky time for a lot of us <laughs> having to be alone with ourselves, but <laughs> we're going to make it. We're going to make it. It's <laughs> going to be such a beautiful light and growth experience if we want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. Thank you so much, Jen, for being on here. Thank you to all of our listeners for holding the space for yourself to be here and be in our presence. And yes, please go check out Jen's Instagram. She's amazing. Go check out her podcast and this new course. It's going to be so amazing. And I can't wait to see you guys next time. Bye. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Empowering the Light podcast. If you loved this episode, please share it so that we can spread this light and empowerment to more people. I also want to invite you to join my free Divine Feminine community. Within this community, you will receive exclusive content and updates via email, be invited to my free virtual moon circles every month, which are so much fun, by the way, and you'll have access to our private Facebook group that is always being updated with more content and conversation. You can find the link to join on my website, liliageston.com, spelled L-I-L-I-A-G-E-S-T-S-O-N.com. I can't wait for you to listen to more episodes and would love to know what you want to hear next. Feel free to DM me on Instagram at lilia underscore geston or email me at lgeston at gmail.com so that we can bring you the content that inspires your true autonomy.